welcome to another episode of NannyCast. I'm Nanny Jenny. And I'm Nanny Jenny. And we are The, the Nannies. Nannies. If you are listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, you're missing out on the show notes and more, which can be found on our website at nannycast.com. We love it when you promote us by giving us a great rating on iTunes, mentioning us on Facebook, blogging about us, or tweeting about us. If you want to go one step further, head on over to our website at nannycast.com and click on Support Us. And part of supporting us right now, we are trying to raise funds so that we can be, we can do our panel or our live taping. I guess we should call it a live show yeah, at sure. Nanny Palooza. I guess live taping because live show kind of means that people are hearing it live. We might be able to work that. We might be able to, but we're not going to guarantee it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have been a fan of this show for a while, you know that we are located in North Carolina. So getting up and bringing all of our equipment with us is not going to be cheap, but it will be for you to help us. We are raffling off a one-of-a-kind NannyCast canvas tote bag. Ooh. Great for the summer for taking things to the pool or picnic lunches or other fun things. And one-of-a-kind means there is only one. Yep. I do not have one. Jenny does not have one. You will have the only one. You will have truly a one-of-a-kind. And it's washable. So if you do like I did with my charges yesterday and pick strawberries... You can put them in there, and then if the strawberry juice stains it, that's okay. It can go in the washing machine. And we are selling raffle tickets at one for $3 or a discount on two for five. And if you are going to Nanny Palooza and you would like to be one of our featured nannies on our nanny panel, and you can go ahead and listen to Interview with Nanny, insert name here, for our past episodes at nannycast.com to hear just exactly how little preparation you need to do and how much you just need to be honest about your... Uh, your nannying experience, then get in touch, go to nannycast.com and click on contact us and let us know because we would love to have you on our panel and then you can be an official presenter type person. Yay. Yay. And we can interview you not at Nanny Palooza too because we can interview you locally or we can interview you by phone no matter where you're located. So if you want to be a featured nanny or if you run an agency or anything like that or if you're a parent, contact us. Since we were talking about Nanny Palooza... We, I had mentioned Nanny Palooza around my charge earlier, and she goes, what's Nanny Palooza? So I briefly explained to her that Nanny Palooza is a conference for nannies to learn about how to be better nannies. Seems like a logical way to explain it to five-year-olds. And so I asked her what good nannies do. And it was interesting. I thought I would share some of the things that she came up with. So one of them was write dates. As in when we were doing artwork, she's old enough to write her name, but she doesn't know the date. And so I write the date. And she said, help two-year-olds who can't do so much. And then she also said things like take kids to museums, pools, parks, and libraries. So if your charges want to tell fun things that nannies can do or things that nannies should learn to do, ask them. Maybe you'll find something funny to share. And then contact us and share with us. Yeah. Drop us a comment on this episode, or you can tweet it to us at the hashtag NannyCast, or you can go to our website and click on the Contact Us link, and there are a myriad of ways to tell us. We would love to feature your ideas on further episodes. And speaking of contacting and feedback, I got some feedback from Nanny Alicia. Do you remember Nanny Alicia? Nanny Alicia that we interviewed? Yeah. Oh, what did she say? She said that there is a new service in the area, uh, specifically our area, sorry other nannies in other areas of the country, that does in fact do the classes for children to prepare them for the addition of a pet into the household, specifically Ooh. dogs. So where is this offered? Um, blue dog something. I've got it in the show notes. I just don't have the show notes with me on hand. So yay, check that out. If if you're getting a new puppy or cat or I don't know what else they talk about there, 
may be helpful to bring your, your child there to recommend it to their parents. What we were more talking about is a webinar that Nanny Jenny and I both did, um, which is about nannies and money issues, mostly about asking for raises or asking for a certain pay and how to go about that. And this was put on by the fabulous Laura Brawley, and she is actively involved in Nanny Palooza, not the uh, conference, but the Nanny Palooza, the website, which does online webinars, I think about once a month. Roughly, it seems. Yeah, during, during non-conference times. So you can get your professional development on at all times. They run from, what, 8 till 9 p.m. Eastern Standard this Time? This one started at 9, but I don't know if they all started oh, at Sorry, 9 till 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday. You do have to register in advance, but it is free. If you want to, if you want to listen later, you can, at least for this one, I'm not sure if it's always the same, you can pay $5 to get a file and listen to it afterwards. So Which is not. totally worth it. I yeah. mean, because if you're getting the file later, you are paying for the hosting space. And as we here at NannyCast know, hosting space, it's not cheap. This is true. And who is the other lady besides Laura Brawley? I am so bad with names. Sue Downey of NannyPalooza.com. So these two ladies, um, they were talking about asking for raises, and this was geared towards nannies. It could be interesting for nanny employers and other people as well, but mainly it was geared towards nannies. And one point that they made that I found interesting was that often if people, if a nanny asks for a raise, the raise that they get is better than if they're just offered one. Some nannies are offered a raise. I'm a little hesitant about that because most of the time it's they're offered less than they would want, <laughs> which is very hard when the family comes up to you and you're thinking in your head, I'd really like to make a dollar more an hour, and they go, great, we're going to give you 10 cents more an hour. So before taxes, 10 times 40 is $4, $4 a, a, week. a week. Yeah. So anyway, so obviously like how much you would want to ask for would depend on what you want or what you need and how much you're currently making and that sort of thing. Um, but they also said that you should ask for more than you were okay with. So like if you're currently making an hourly rate of $14 an hour, which amounts to a weekly or yearly rate that varies depending on how many hours per week you're working. So say you're, you're making $14 an hour and you've been there a year and a half or so and you haven't been offered a raise, they say ask for a few dollars more and you may be very happy if you get that or maybe they're just feeling extra nice and they give you twice that or something but if they don't feel if they feel like that's too much they may go down a bit and have your have in mind how much you feel like you need to take away from that it's not like you're going to be sitting there 45 minutes negotiating but it is going to be a back and forth but it's really important to know what your bottom line is so you're happy when you leave because the last thing you want to do is have this conversation go home, run the numbers, and realize, yeah, I'm not really happy with this, and then have to go back and have a second conversation. Yeah, definitely have your breaking point. Be like, if I do not get at least X amount of dollars, I need to find a job that will pay me X amount of dollars. Bottom line to me means I'm not going to begrudge this family because they didn't give me something. So I may go in wanting an extra $4 an hour. I can't live with a dollar an hour, but I would be happy if they gave me two fifty an hour. I wouldn't feel they were cheap. I would still be satisfied in my job. I wouldn't be always thinking, oh, I can't believe they didn't give me the raise I want. I would be happy and satisfied. So 250 would be my bottom line. Yeah. For me, my bills, they have to get paid. And as much as I love children, in the end, I love, I love having a home and not being homeless more than I love my charges and I see I hate the whole negotiation game I do and, and oh me too so they expect to be negotiated and some of them enjoy it a lot more than others if you've ever worked for corporate attorneys you'll find that they think this oh great we're going to negotiate 
you know, and you're like, no, I don't really want to get into this with you. But again, expect negotiation. And so it's written into my contract that I get a raise every year. Yeah. That I stay with them on the, on the annual review. And furthermore, because I, as I told the parents, I hate the negotiation game. So we, like, there's a percentage raise that I will get every year. Do you year. have a range, though? So that if they really like you, maybe they give you 14%. If it they don't like a, you as much, it's So the 10. contract says a minimum of. Oh, okay. A minimum and of. And what did you say in yours? Uh, I believe it's a minimum of 10%. I, okay. Uh, and then I get, and then there's a guaranteed minimum of 20% if there's another child that's added to the family. Yeah. But then on top of that, I'm very honest with my employers. If, for example, what they're offering me isn't going to pay my bills, I'll tell them, like, I cannot live off this amount. Yeah. And I tell them I don't like playing the negotiation game. So I say, I need at minimum a raise of, you know, my, my homeowners association fee has just gone up by such and such a dollar amount. I know this is not the annual review. At this point, I need a raise of at least 2%. Yeah. Or I cannot pay my bills. And then they'll, they, they'll say, oh, well, this is going to change, you know, maybe your annual raise. And I'm like, whatever, at least I can pay my bills now. Yeah. I made the mistake of starting this job without a contract. And whereas they did make the point in this webinar that sometimes when you have your annual review, which we have never had. It's the perfect time to set it, you know, to put it in place to say, I know we didn't do a contract in the beginning, but my anniversary is coming up. And I'd really like to formalize our arrangement because it's really important to me that this job lasts long-term. And I've learned that having that in place helps with the long-term success. But I know that this job will be ending in a few months, so I know that with the next job there will be a contract, and I will consult with other nannies I know, such as Nanny Jenny, to discuss what things to put in that. So question for our listeners and also for Nanny Jenny is, have you ever, whether as a nanny or in other jobs, asked for a raise? And how has that gone for you? Have you gotten one or have you had to leave your job to find something else? They did say in the webinar that, you know what? I'm not going to give my notice in this negotiation, but I am going to start putting my portfolio together and start doing a, a job search. So have a plan in your head. If you do decide to quit, it doesn't mean you have to quit on the spot. I only approach asking for a raise by saying, if I do not get a raise, I will leave this job because the only reason I would be asking for a raise is that I cannot pay my bills. Yeah. And that is a true statement, and there is no bluff. Yeah. You know, if they call my bluff on it, there's no bluff. I can't live off of what they're paying me. Yeah, but you have to find another job as soon as possible. And... Yeah, usually. But, okay, the one time I've ever asked for a raise, and that's because all of my former jobs were government uh, as a public school teacher and before that working for the National Institutes of Health. You were worked for Bowling Alley when you were 14. Yeah, they just, they gave me raises yeah. long in advance of when I ever thought that I should ask for one. Yeah. They were fantastic employers. So I've never, I've never had to ask for a raise because government jobs, they yeah. have a pay scale, it's published online, this is what you are paid with X amount of years of experience or whatever, and yeah. that's it. There's no, like, you can go in and be like, I would like a raise, and then your, and then your boss is like, and I would like a chocolate ice cream pie just to fall from the sky and land that in my lap right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it, these are things that just don't happen. Yeah. Well, the previous job I had before this one was at a preschool, and it was there three years, almost exactly. And I did get one raise in that amount of time. I don't remember how long it was before I got that raise, but it was over a year. But everybody that I worked with got a raise around that time, or at least as far as I know, we all had a, a review. And it wasn't necessarily annual. They didn't have, like, okay, you've been here this many months. It was just like, okay, let's give people reviews this month kind of thing. Um, they may have decided that three months in advance, or it may have been they just had the time then. I had one previous nanny job, and they did 
I was there 10 months. They did offer me a, a raise, but, and I, sometimes I wish I had taken it, but the reason I didn't take it was because I was going between leaving that job to take another job full time or take it, keeping both part time or going to that job full time. So I, I did not stay there long and most jobs I wouldn't say would give you a raise within 10 months, but some may. I know for sure that the one time I did ask for a raise, like I said, I laid it out. I was like, these are my bills. I need a raise of X amount percent to pay it, you know, and I said, and if I don't have it, I'm going to have to seek another job. I was like, I will stay with your children until I find another one, but I'm going to have to because I have to pay my bills. And the family I was working for was like, child, no. And then they gave me more. They gave me more than I asked for because they they were like, we don't want you living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. But being honest Mm -hmm. with the family is, you know, they had to cut back in certain areas. They had to eliminate some of their children's after school programs, but they did that to keep me. Yeah. Um, And I think it worked out best for the children. And it's hard to determine sometimes how much you should ask for. I mean, you may not, you may or may not need a raise to make your bills. You may want to figure, okay, I've been with this job a certain amount of time, so I feel like I need a raise. Or you may need a raise, but because you're taking on side jobs, whether doing something else or whether babysitting on the side or whatever, you're using those to help make your bills, but you feel like it's time to have a raise and it help you to make your bills better. But also, I should say the family that I had this conversation with, mm-hmm. they actively talked to the moms and dads that they knew that I did not know and mm-hmm. talked about me as the world's best childcare person ever. So they helped me get a lot of side work. Cool. Because they un- they decided that my financial distress was something they could help fix. Cool. Well, anyway, so I I did the math and a I'm paid as a salary. My pay is X thousand dollars per year. So if you ask me how many dollars I make per hour, I'm like, well, some weeks I work this many. It's it's close to the same every week, but not exactly. And so I did the math, and if I got a thousand dollar raise, honestly, that would m- make a raise of fifteen dollars per two week pay period. So a thousand dollars and fifty cents per week. Yeah, which, which is about a dollar a day. A dollar and change a day. Yeah. So what's that? If it's eight hours, or which it's is more like ten hours. So that's about ten cents an, an hour. hour. Yeah. So, I mean, $1,000, that sounds like a lot, but it's not really over the long. So you need to, I've done some math, and I will communicate this math to Jenny, who does our web work, and maybe do some math for other amounts. And you can see what your, what an amount equals hourly, yearly, weekly, and bi-weekly. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe you're making $14 an hour and then somebody offers it and they phrase it differently and they say 32000 and you're like, oh, 32000 that sounds like so much. And maybe if you do the math, they may be actually less than the $14 an hour that you're making with your previous job. What, one thing I'd like to point out, because I, being a part-time nanny for a lot of different families, I have a lot of experience with the introducing yourself to the client, negotiating that beginning part. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, most nannies, they they work for one client yeah. For a set period of time, I work for four. <laughs> so I had for the four, <laughs> four times the, the meeting of the client at the beginning of these jobs. Do not hesitate to say, hold on, I need to do the math on that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the people, and, and they said this in the webinar. Most employers are very, or not very comfortable, but they're comfortable talking about money. They work in the corporate world. If you say, hold on, I need to do the math on that and whip out a calculator, it, it will put an awkward pause in the conversation. You won't be able to give them an instant answer but they will wait patiently for you. And you just have to be okay with the fact that things are awkwardly paused or that you're not being, 
I guess, agreeable and being like, yes, yes, yes. Because I've seen, I've coached a friend through this and she, she just, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, oh, wait, think, think about what you just agreed to. You did not agree to something that you really can live off of. Yeah. Yeah. And when I got my offer for this first job. If I don't say yes, I won't have the job. I was like, no, if we're having the salary conversation, you've got the job. When I got my offer for this current job, I remember they said that the salary was negotiable. And it's not an awful salary. It's it's decent and I think pretty comparable for this area. And I was like, well, I guess I could negotiate it, but it was better than I was making and it seemed pretty good. But I probably should have said, well, can we make sure that we have a built-in salary increase after a year or so? And so forwardnannytaxes.com. So that website has calculators where you can calculate take-home pay. These are geared towards employers. What I did was I took numbers. I took with my X thousand dollars pay and I added a thousand to that and added up to 8,000 more. And then I took each of those and made figured out the hourly for 50, 45, or 40 hours a week. Weekly and bi-weekly pay before taxes for each of those. And then I used four nanny taxes to figure out what the bi-weekly pay would be after taxes for me because it had single or married and I am married. And so you, you can do the same thing and I will send Jenny the, those amounts so that you can figure out how to, how to calculate that yourself. So that way I could see, well, I'm paid bi-weekly and I know how much my paycheck is every two weeks and if I'm making $1,000 more a month, my paycheck will be another, or $8,000 more a year, my paycheck will be another $15 more every paycheck. Yeah, that's not much. But it's also important, as they mentioned in the webinar, to think about, about your benefits. Like, yeah, I, so I did not successfully negotiate a raise with one of my families, but just recently, I successfully negotiated a transfer of responsibility. They are taking over my health insurance in lieu of a raise. Cool. And that's helpful because I don't know how much Jenny's health insurance is, but yeah. mine is 120 a month. That saves me, I was going to say, 100 and, uh, 100 and some a month. Yeah, and so 120 so, a month, that that becomes about $30 extra a week. And that's out-of-pocket pay, not... Um, yeah, because they're the, the way they have health insurance for their family, it does, they can cover household staff Yeah. in their health insurance. So for them, it's not, they're not paying... In, in my health insurance premium nearly as much as I was for a self in, self-health insured person. Yeah. So it, it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. And I, with my current job, um, I am paid for gas, which is a big benefit because they allow me to, they pay for me to fill up my tank once a week. And occasionally I use more gas than that, but once a week at current gas prices is close to about $60 a week, sometimes even more than that. So that saves me about $250 a month. $250 a month, if that was in just pay, that's like a big raise, basically. That's like a raise of $15,000 a year or something. So hopefully the next family will agree to in some way help pay with pay for gas. Um, I mean, there are many ways you can do that. Some people will do it at like will reimburse you um, 55, 55 cents is the government yep, yeah that's but it, because if you get reimbursed at a rate higher than that you have to count that as income yeah. rather than just a reimbursement and i get reimbursed at 55 cents a mile and it completely covers wear and tear on my car any car repairs and and gas my gas bill of yeah. course mind you i do a lot say. of my no i put out about 100 miles on my car a week I think I do more than that, but yeah. But I, I do most of my car maintenance myself, the yeah. easy parts. I mean, I don't change uh, drum brakes because that you have to bleed your brake line. Anyway. Nobody should change their own drum brakes unless you have a brake line bleeder. 
Okay, anyway, enough about Jenny's car. So what they say, what said in the webinar is, What would this family be losing if they didn't keep you? To market yourself. Explain what you like about the job, what you feel you're doing well, what you think that they like about you, what you think the children like about you, that sort of thing, before you ask for a raise. You know, it's standard in, in the nanny industry to get a raise every year Years. after an annual review. And the, you know, and the, the nanny industry standard is about one, three, five, seven, ten percent. Uh, we're coming up on our annual review and I just wanted to remind you, I love working for you guys and I hope that this particular thing is is not something that's going to make us reconsider our working relationship but I just wanted to put that out there and let you think about it since we're going to be doing our annual review in two four six eight weeks there you go so what I wonder when you're looking for a new job how much does related but non-nanny experience factor in when an employer decides on their pay range so say you have a well-off employer that can pay well but they are looking at many people that have many different kinds of experience we have some nannies that we know in the triangle area nanny group who've been nannying for 10 plus years and both Jenny and I have ha have many with children experience but most of both of us have been teachers, both of, both of us have babysat, and both of us have experience in other jobs that are not necessarily quite as closely related. And I've done a lot of volunteering, and we have other experience that is not exactly nannying, but may translate. So if you are an employer or an agency person and you can say, oh, when we see somebody who has teaching experience or volunteering experience, we think that's so important or whatever. Oh, I put that on my resume up front. I say, you know, here's all of my experience and I don't rank it as related or non-related. I'm just like, here's my experience, here are my qualifications. I'm first aid certified. I was a lifeguard once upon a time. I let that certification expire, but you never let the skills expire. Yeah. I was a first responder, again, let the certification expire, but I've still got the skills, a variety of other things. And then I say, I'm looking for this as a salary, and I give a range of 10, I give a $10,000 range. Yeah. Because, hey, if I get the upper end of that range, but ah! you But you were looking for part-time, $10,000 range. I break something. it down into hourly. Oh, okay. Um, I break it down into hourly, assuming 40 hours a week. Yeah. But... You know, if I get the upper end of that, so I have it in, in whole numbers and then hourly. Yeah. And then in parentheses after the whole numbers and the hourly, I put what the employer is going to have to budget for. Yeah. Using, you know, the math skills that I learned to get my chemistry degree, I can do the back calculation because that's the question the employer really has. They don't really care what you're putting in your pocket. They want to know what they have to plan to take out of their pocket. Yeah. Which is a different number. And then if they give me the upper end of that range, yay. And if they give me the lower end of the range, well, I made sure the lower end of the range was something I could live off of. And then if they give me anywhere in between, again, yay. Yeah. And, also, and if they don't hire me, then you know what? That's not a family I wanted to work for. There you go. And also one thing that they talked about some in this webinar was when looking for a new job, have a portfolio. And in a portfolio, they said, um, list your pay range. Um, and they said, if you list a range of, say, 16 to $20 per hour, then the families who pay 10 to 12 that see your portfolio, if they can't afford to pay even your minimum of 16 then they're not going to contact you. So assuming that they have read all your information, you really, again, don't even have to sell it because you have eliminated those families when they've read your portfolio. At the end of your portfolio has your salary range. So they already know what you're asking for. So it's important to weed out families who cannot afford to pay well enough early on. It, it eliminates, as the, the adage goes, careful preparation is problem elimination.
Yeah. Uh, if you can eliminate a bunch of problems up front, then you don't have to worry about saying, oh, yeah, the initial amount that I took, I was barely make breaking even, and now bills have gone up because bills have gone up, and that's just the fact of the matter. Water bill, power bill, they're they're yeah. they're never go down. Occasionally, um, but and and then you're less. like, and you're like, now I really can't pay that. No, just you know, give yourself a cushion up front. Stick that mess in savings or you know an IRA or whatever. Yeah. If you get uh, if you get paid more than what you technically need, but make sure that you give yourself a cushion. And then, if the bills go up before the the annual review period or whatever, then you put less in savings or your IRA contribution. And it's always like somebody has ideas of what are some ways to show that you were worth the pay range you were considering. And also, it's good to know to have an idea of what the pay range is in your area. So maybe people who are local in the Triangle area nanny group can give us an idea. Because uh, I've heard of a nanny that I know that I believe has experience similar to mine. She's younger than me, but I know that she majored in child development or something similar. She's been working with children for many years. She mentioned at one point that her pay was 500 a week, but then additional if it was beyond 45 hours, something like that. And I'm like, 500 a week, that amounts That's to about $11 an hour. $2,000 a month. That's about what I get. That's about what I got as a teacher, too. Yeah, but that's after taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hers, I'm talking about her before tax pay. Well, that's her employer's job is to take care of before tax pay. No, no. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying what her pay is before tax. And I'm saying that her pay is, that, that amounts to an hourly rate of, oh, 10 or 11 an hour. And that's considerably less than I would think about asking for. I don't It'd be. It's good to know what the pay range is in your area. And like I said on here, like if your pay range maxes out at about $18, how do you show that you're worth $22? i am not sure how many people in our area would pay $22 an hour, but somebody might. And if we're worth it, how do we show it? And the answer for that is letters of recommendation and references. One stellar reference will unlock pay tremendously. When I was first starting out, which was not so long ago, I had that one stellar reference. I had that person who sung my praises like I was the hand of God come to earth. And so even though I didn't have much childcare experience, especially not like full-time nanny, same as they were paying people with like three or four years of experience nanny experience, because this woman, when they called her for the reference, she made them believe that I was worth what I was asking for. And that's the thing that I think it always is better if you're not the one tooting your horn. Yeah, that's a good point. But we want you to give us your feedback. Visit our website at nannycast.com and, cl- and comment on the episode. Click on the Contact Us link for other ways to get in touch, including the Twitter hashtag NannyCast or our voicemail number, and many more. We want your input, so we make it easy for you. I'm Nanny Jenny. And I'm Nanny Jenny. And this has been NannyCast. NannyCast is a proud member of Triangle Area Nanny Group. For more information on this nanny group in Central North Carolina, go to nannycast.com and click on About Us.